Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Luke has asked me to uh, preach on revival tonight. So what, what uh, I felt the Lord doing all the way was a bit of a disaster. I understand this morning with USB sticks and everything and it wouldn't work, but we've got it right now. So we're going to look at the Welsh revival. Something to look back on, but to move forward with, isn't it? And if I ask you to put your hands up tonight, well, there we are, let's put our hands up tonight. How many people think our community, our society, our nation's in a mess? Nobody disagreed with me. It's in a mess, isn't it? Everything's gone topsy-turvy. And you know, uh, I believe that in Romans, it tells about when people are given, the Lord allows them to be given over to their sin, and then the nation has gone over to their sin, isn't it? And, and it's just the, the harvest of what we're seeing is people's sinfulness being displayed in our communities and throughout, because people have forgotten about the Lord. But... What a privilege tonight. We who love the Lord can be used by God. Nobody's can be used by God. Old, young, God doesn't care. He just sees a willing heart. That's all he wants is a willing heart. Whether you can't get out of your chair, whether you can run a marathon, God doesn't care. Whether you can speak, whether you can't speak or whatever, he doesn't care. God just wants willing heart. In fact, some of those things sometimes can get in the way of God using us if we think we're too clever ourselves. So God wants to use us all. We're going to look at the revival from 1904 and it changed our nation upside down. And why we're looking back is to encourage us because I believe God wants to do it again. But there's a word that starts on our verse there. That comes from as we know, what God said to Solomon when he was in the temple, if my people were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal to Bethlehem and I'll heal their community lands. I'll heal Abdeh, Kumdeh, Abraham and the Kenna Valley, I'll heal Wales, I'll heal the United Kingdom. God will heal the world. If my people, a choice, meaning up to us. Um, God is sovereign, but he wants us all to be in tune with him. Because guess what? He wants to use us. He can come and do it himself, but he wants to use us. Isn't that brilliant? What a privilege we have tonight. So we'll have a look what happened 100 and bits years ago. And some of the people involved then said, yes, I'm a nobody, but God, you use me. And it changed our country upside down. In fact, it changed the world upside down. Because I remember uh, going, uh, we had a meeting in Cardiff, didn't we, to celebrate the century of the revival. I don't know if you remember that. And there was an Indian pastor there who came over to say that Welsh missionaries had gone to India, to this village, I don't know where, in the middle of nowhere, 
and a poor village had become Christian, and it's still a Christian village today. Incredible, isn't it? And, and he's coming back to witness to us. <laughs> so God wants to move again. So we'll have a look at this. Dave, I, I give you a thumbs up or wave my hand or something. Or, there we are. Wales. We all live in Wales, don't we? The revival is actually centered around a little place called Lacca in uh, near the, the end of Swansea uh, Peninsula, going near to Llanelli there. A nowhere place. Not Cardiff, not London. Lacca. Isn't God amazing? You need nowhere places as well. Like Pastor used to say, small places with a huge meaning, isn't it? So that's zoomed in for you to give you on the map there. And first of all, we look at um, one of the key figures in what happened in Wales, how, how Wales turned upside down. The young man there, his name was Evan John Roberts, and he was born in 1879, and he died in 1851. And he was the ninth child of 14 children in the family. That's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> 14. And he was the ninth child in that family. And they were God, a God-fearing family. And they lived in a house uh, called, oh, that's the rest of his family, so his brothers and his fathers and that. And there's his mother and father. His mother and father were there, were called Henry and Hannah. And they lived in a house which was nicknamed Temperance House because they didn't drink. Because it had such a, a destructive force drinking did on Wales, and it still does, doesn't it, as a drug. Uh, they lived, they decided not to drink, and that was known, nicknamed Temperance. That's a good testimony, isn't it? To a family being nicknamed that sort of house as well. And they lived in a lovely place near the Lacker Estuary. Oh, well. <laughs> Should I keep doing that as well, right? <laughs> and times were hard then. Uh, Evan's father. Henry was a coal miner and he hurt his leg in a mining accident. It was very, very common in those days. As you know, uh, I remember when I was doing some elections over in Rumley Valley, they got a big plan on the wall where uh, in Abertuckwood where there was a big colliery disaster and it listed all the people who were killed and their ages, Pontypri, the same I'd seen them in the school there. Really, really atrocious what happened not so long ago. Health and safety didn't exist. And Evan's father hurt his leg. That's not them, obviously, but it's similar. So, you are that? 12 years old, you had to go down the pit to work. <laughs> so, 12 years old, and he had to go because his father couldn't work. No social security, nothing like that. And that's the sort of conditions they were working with in, in dirty, stinking, hot holes, uh, liable to explode at any time with gas and things like that. What a horrible place to work. And Evan's job was to hold the, the doors open so that the drams could be pushed through with the coal. And I can imagine lots of children got injured and hurt there, so not nice. Grace, would you like to wake up there? No, not me. <laughs> but that's the conditions they worked in. They worked faithfully there as a young lad. So a hard life, really, isn't it, we'd call it today. It's 12 years old, imagine that. And Nat as well. There are Nat. <laughs> Look at all the youngsters. So that's what he was. But the family worshipped at Mariah Calvinistic Methodist Chapel in Lacca, and they were fully committed to serving the Lord. And Evan got saved at 13 years old, and his heart changed. And he wanted to get fully involved in everything. And he started as a Sunday school teacher. That's their little Sunday school there. And he was still working. He was working in the coal mine, but then he 
changed his career after a while and then he became a blacksmith. And that's the old blacksmith shop where he worked. But while he was working there as a blacksmith, God was tugging on his heart. He was needed to serve, serve him. And for, over, for 13 years, everyone started praying to be served by God. And then when he was older, God was waking him every night. He couldn't sleep for four months. And everyone had to get up and he had to pray every night. Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do for you? He's praying every night. He felt so strong was a call of God in his life. And he decided to give up his job and go and train in Newcastle Emlyn to be um, a minister. But while he was there, um, something else was happening. So that's the end of Evan Roberts, just for a moment. So we'll put that one on pause. We'll jump across now to the other top end of the course, uh, the Ascentian days, to um, Newquay. Anybody been to Newquay? No. We'll go up to Newquay. At the same time, isn't it amazing how God works when he brings a jigsaw puzzle together? So that's Evan Roberts, working, uh, called by God, left his job, go, felt to go into the ministry to be a, a minister of the gospel. Two miles up the road, not far for us these days, probably quite a way for them then, uh, there was a, a minister there called Joseph Jenkins, and he was in the Tabernacle Church there. And he was really concerned about his congregation as a pastor's heart he was concerned that they would just come to chapel every week or church uh, chapel is it called that isn't it um, and he was concerned that they weren't growing spiritually it was just the same all the time nothing happening no breakthroughs or anything like that so on one sunday morning on the 2nd of february 1904 he decided to call all the young people after the meeting to go into the small hall of vestry if you want to call it that and he said to the young people he said tell me young people what is god doing in your lives what does god mean to you in your life and some of them started saying nice religious answers to him and he said whoa stop i don't want to hear that tell me really what you believe what what god is doing in your life and then one young lady Gloria evans only 19 years old she got up and said the following words. I'm unable to say very much today, but I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. He died for me. And do you know what? She said that with such passion, it ignited the other young people. They wanted to be the same as her. She loved the Lord so much, and it was so intense with how she said that. Didn't know much, she said, and it ignited that. Some of the other young people then, uh, there's some pictures of them here on the next one, can't you do this? Their hearts started burning for the Lord. And they all then went with the pastor, Joseph Jenkins, and he was going to hold some meetings up in a place called, uh, I'm pointing there, just for that, Blyman Nest. Is that how you say it wrong? No, no, I said Welsh speaker, so Blyman Nest. So they went there and they decided to have a weekend of meetings in a chapel there because the young people were on fire. And they really wanted to get a hold of God. There's the chapel there they went up to. Blindness Church or Chapel. And speaking was a guy called Joseph, sorry, Seth Joshua. What a moustache. <laughs> but he was a godly man and he was full of the Holy Spirit. And on a 7 o'clock prayer meeting, 7 a.m. prayer meeting, and one of the mornings, 
prayed and prayed this, bend us, Lord, bend me, Lord. And you know, that was like a, a lightning bolt going through Evan Roberts, who'd gone up there to this meeting. Evan, this is where he joins the story. He's gone, he did about these meetings, and gone up to this chapel to be part of these meetings. And you know, the Holy Spirit fell, and Evan Roberts cried out, bend me, Lord, bend me, Lord. I, in other words, I submit to you, I hum, I'm, I'm humble, I submit to you. Bend me, not my will, your will. And he cried that out. And he collapsed over the chair, crying this out. And you know what? Uh, uh, for 13 years he'd been praying for God to fill him with the Holy Spirit. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he left that meeting a different guy. He left, left that meeting empowered by the Lord. And nobody, uh, coal miner, blacksmith, ordinary labor jobs, laboring jobs, Nothing special, no highfalutin doctors or anything like that, you know, doctor of theology, ordinary people. But God filled him with his power, absolutely amazing, and gave him a desire to go and tell the people in Wales about the Lord Jesus and preach the gospel. His friend who was with him was Sidney Evans, and he got the fire as well to go and uh, round with Evans. And one day, the both of them were walking. And Evan said to Sydney, he said, Sydney had a dream last night. He said, I don't understand this. He said, I had a dream that Jesus was writing out a check, you know, a checkbook, writing out a check with a hundred thousand and giving it to God. Do you know, in six months, over a hundred thousand people gave their hearts to the Lord Jesus. Prophetic, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. Two young guys, that's all they were. So Evan was prepared, his heart was ready, and they went to another meeting, and there was a, another gentleman preaching, and his name was Evan Phillips, and he spoke that morning, and he, his words rang in Evan's, Evan's heart. He said, take the plunge. Isn't it good? God-honoring men listening to God's word, young people sitting there, and that word confirmed the call of God in their lives. So Evan, if you remember, was in Bible college. He felt, I'm not staying in Bible college. I've got to go and serve the Lord. So he jumped on the train, uh, went back home to Lucca. There's Lucca Station. Do you remember that station, Dad? Have you been there? Dad likes trains. <laughs> he went back to Lucca Station. And when he got home, his mother was there. Where are they? Still stuck with her. When he got home, anyway, his mother asked him, what are you doing home? You, I thought you were in Bible college. You sent me to Bible college. There's his mother. I wouldn't argue with her, would I? <laughs> <laughs> but his mother, you know, a godly woman, says, why are you here? And he said, man, God wants me to preach the gospel. And his family were 100% behind him. His brother, Dan, uh, heard this. And his brother, Dan, was going blind. He uh, was in the pit and everything. He was going blind. But you know... God healed him, and his brother Dan became a preacher as well, because God wanted to use him, he healed his eyes. It's not incredible how God works, he healed him. So Evan, here's a hard one, <laughs> Evan felt the call of God, and the first place he went to speak was back in his own church, <laughs> which can be the hardest place sometimes, because everybody knows you well, don't they? Warts and all, as they say. And he, uh, they announced the meetings, and his first meeting, guess how many turned up? Have a guess, Sam. 
more, 16. <laughs> but not far off. Not 100, as you would think. Six, 16, that's all. And one of them was a young girl. That's all that turned up. Can you imagine his heart? And that's where he preached. But over the week, as God's spirit invaded our place, more and more sermons. There were, and they found a recording of him preaching. He's, uh, I can't really make the words out because it's on a wax cylinder and it was broken. So the National Archives of Wales have restored it. And if you could play it now, please do. Thank you. Is that little speaker thing in the middle? This is really him pre- preaching. Maybe. <laughs> no, it don't work anyway. Well, you heard a bit of a crackly thing then, didn't it? If you go on YouTube and everything, uh, Pat, if you, if you go on YouTube, you can have a look after. I'll get Clive to work it here. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> there we are, but it's on an old cylinder, and it says about Christ giving us everything, and what shall we give God in return? That's what he says. It's really fascinating to listen to. And he preached every night, and more and more people gave their hearts to the Lord. And, and he preached this. If there's some sins in your heart, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, you've got to confess your sins and sort those things out in your heart. Then he says, um, then he went on to say, we must totally surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we must confess the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to come into our heart. And these pictures are from the newspapers. No, not from a Christian magazine. These are from the national newspapers of him preaching. So he preached there and he continued preaching. And you know, the Holy Spirit invaded the meetings. Not set meetings. It was all over the place, actually. It wasn't a, a format to them. However, God moved. Sometimes there's records. He's not even speaking in the meeting because the Holy Spirit fell. And he just couldn't, couldn't get up to speak. But what they saw was incredible things. People coming to the front and kneeling down in their sin and asking and crying out for God to save them. Wouldn't that be amazing now, isn't it? The Holy Spirit convicting power so strong on people and then giving their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Evan's sister got saved and his, his family got saved. And then God spoke to him about moving out from his home church. And one of the first places he came to was the Cumberland Valley. And he came to all the valleys in South Wales. He went to quite a lot of them. And he preached in Brinzion. So we all know the farmer Brinzion. And he preached in Ramoth. Um, he preached in different places around here. And it was a tough old place to live. Ironworks, coal works, tough people. But you know, wherever he went, crowds and crowds of people packed in the places. You had to queue for three hours to get into chapel. Imagine that. Imagine if you had to queue round round the sides to get in. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Because God's presence is so mighty in the meetings that people couldn't wait to get into the place. And you know, our country started a change round. And young people were used to this. So young people, God wants to use you. Don't worry about the rubbish the world offers. Serve God with all your heart and God can use you. And guess what, older people? He wants to use us as well. Isn't that amazing? Willing hearts. So he preached everywhere. They were recording things in the papers. They couldn't believe what was happening, the things that were happening in Wales. And some of these pictures next are actually from the newspapers. There's a group of them um, from a newspaper, the revivalists. 
I'll just jump back when this after I do this, okay? And one of the ladies there, her name was Annie Davis, when she used to go with Evan Roberts to sing, she used to sing the song of the revival, Pure is Love, Fast as the Rose Bud, and that's why we know her so well. And that's the song they used to sing. And the, the, the fantastic words are, is God pissed a guilty world in love. He pissed us in love, didn't he? What he did in the cross there. Thank you, Dave. In chapel and church before, women weren't allowed to say anything. Um, and they weren't allowed to pray or anything. And it's fantastic. You know, Paul asked me to pray tonight. In those times, you wouldn't have been able to. But you know what? God opened up everything. He, he opened up everything. And uh, young ladies, all different ladies were preaching, sorry, praying and speaking out loud. It was unheard of in those days. God frees people's hearts, doesn't he? And takes man's chains off things. And these are real pictures again from the newspapers of people and taken from the newspapers. And lots of people say, God, hear my cry. Amazing things were being reported by the secular press, what was going on. But what impact did that have then? The churches, 150,000 plus got saved. Um, people were coming to Christ. But what happened in our land? Did God heed our land? Well, a massive problem in those days was uh, people being drunk and disorderly. Life was so tough. We used to drink and then goodness knows what used to happen after that. And you can see there's a picture again from the Western Mail of a policeman taking somebody off again to court again. A violent crime was around. You can imagine all the things associated with that. You know, when revival hit, there was a 75% drop in, in uh, sales of alcohol. Hardened drinkers were pouring the booze down the drain. And what they said was, um, people weren't going to the public house, they were coming to God's house. What a change. And it had a dramatic effect on society. Um, if you look at the next picture, thank you, Dave. Families were broken up then. Uh, the husbands weren't very nice because life was tough in the pit. When they had a pay packet, whatever day that was, say on a Friday, they'd be down the pub. Ma mom at home, kids, forget about them. No food on the table. Dad spent it all on drink. Uh, maybe dad wasn't very nice to mom and the kids. And, you know, but God restored families. And it said it was a miracle then. God turned the wine into food. He turned it around the other way around. Because um, they were putting food on the table, restoring families. Children were being cared for. Families were back together. Isn't God good? You know, and he restores, doesn't he? And once we, our world's in a mess, isn't it? Families are in a mess. You know, God wants to restore families in our communities. Lots of other things going on today. But God has got a heart for families. It's amazing. Amazing things happened. Uh, what happened as well? The courts were out of business. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? Seven courts in this area had no cases at all. And before they were getting them all the time. In Merthyr, Aberdeer, and Mount Inna, 1902, 9,298 cases they saw. 1903, it was going up 10,528. 1904, when God moved, well, Grace, have a guess how many people went to court. Have a guess, anything like. Not far. 212. 
10,000 people going to court daily for 212. Wow. Doesn't that show God moving? God restores. The, the judges are given what they call white gloves. Put your gloves on. You've got nothing to do today. You don't have to read anything. You can sit there and do nothing. They must have been bored out of their minds. But God was moving. And the papers picked up on this. And there's a famous picture there. And it says this. Uh, the Western Mail reports this. The magistrate. Uh, what? No cases today? White gloves to me. What's the meaning of this? And the court officer says, revival here. Wouldn't that be fantastic again, isn't it? Our courts are chock-a-block with people and things happening. It affected work as well. Lots of problems in work before, but you know, industrial relations got better because the miners had Jesus in their hearts and they were probably nicer to each other as well. But it did affect productivity in the wrong way. And the next picture shows it. See the horses that they used to, they used to pull uh, the coal and everything? Well, before, uh, the miners would say, get away, get away, come on, you know, and they'd just swear and everything at the horses and the poor old pit ponies and probably hit them and be horrible to them. But now when they say, come on, boy, come on, come on, come on, pull up, and the horses were looking at them stupid, and they thought, who's this? <laughs> it's a different person. Even animals could tell the difference in people. Isn't that amazing? Animals were witness to what God had done in people's lives. I think that's phenomenal. This picture is brilliant. This is Nanta Mary Colliery. Anybody know where that is? Tunde. Correct. Miners used to go an hour before work to have prayer meetings and worship services in the coal pit underground an hour before work. It's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. Real, these are real pictures. Uh, the people, obviously, the reporters went down and drew them, what was happening. And the next picture shows all the crowds of people who were, were rammed, trying to get to, to come to meetings, and outside, they had that on outside, but they couldn't put people in as well. Amazing things were happening. And there's some figures as well. You can't see that, but these are cut-ins. This is how much God affected our land. I've got a copy of it here. These are newspaper cut-ins. They started recording all the people who were getting saved. Isn't that incredible? The secular, non-Christian papers now were writing down how many were getting saved. Abraman, uh, over a couple of months, is, they say this is up to date as possible. 510. Yeah, 510 getting saved. Anybody? Abercrombie, 156. Abercannon, 720. Abner, 728. Uh, Fruitride, anybody live in Fruitride? 93 got saved up there. Abanant, 104. Mountain Ash, 1,000. Kumbak, 408. Kumaman, Kumde, 94. <laughs> um, Penra Kaiba, 377. In total, I counted up off these, just off the Cunham Valley um, numbers, even to that date, 5,000 in a couple of months in Aberdeen, uh, in the Cunham Valley. 5,000. And the population was about a quarter of what it is now. That, that would be equivalent to, I don't know, 25,000 people getting saved in our valley today. Wouldn't that be amazing? Absolutely awesome. Be like that, 20,000 people getting saved. Wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't it be brilliant if Wales Online was reporting another 600 people saved in Aberdeen today? Wouldn't it be fantastic? And just on numbers, wouldn't it be fantastic if we knew your family and my family? 
we're living fantastic. You and neighbors, my neighbors, the kids in schools. Uh, it'll be fantastic. See young people, all these people getting saved. I, ju I just think it's incredible that secular papers were recording who got saved. So you can see the effect that uh, the revival had on our land. And then, just went there a second, thank you. Then, so many people got saved, they wanted to get baptized. They would just follow what Jesus was doing. So no nice baptism in our church here, nice and warm. In the river you go in January, anybody fancy that? But they didn't care, because they just wanted to serve God. I want to get, I got saved, oh, I want to love Jesus, I want to follow him through the waters of baptism. So there, there was, uh, how many is there? 95 people getting baptized there in January 1905. 95, they must have cracked the ice off the river. But they didn't care because the, they were so hot for God, the cold didn't affect them. Absolutely brilliant. Then chapels and churches got on. The, the, you know, there was revival happening in the churches as well. It was absolutely amazing what was happening. God was changing our society. There you are. Some sports people, people playing sports on Sunday and everything, they said, forget it. People cancelled, all loads of matches and everything cancelled, leisure and pleasure cancelled on the Sunday. They didn't care about that. I want to be in God's house. That's what they were doing. So it affected every aspect of people's lives. Absolutely amazing. Evan Roberts, by 1906, um, he was exhausted, so he went to stay with some people. And he actually stayed away from Wales for, for years after, but he spent the rest of his time in prayer and writing and praying for our nation. And the amazing thing is, in 1905, Stephen, you may have heard his name, Stephen and George Jeffries got saved in the revival, who went on to uh, become, the, uh, let me get this right, Elim Churches, founded the Elim Churches, didn't they? And our churches, isn't it? Assemble, uh, denomination Assembly of God. And two years later, 1907, there was a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit in America. It was in Duplice, Los Angeles, which was the start of the Pentecostal outpouring, wasn't it? Which we were, and 1910, because of the revival, guess what happened where we are sitting now? What was it called? Is it a Prince of Wales pub? We are in the Prince of Wales pub tonight. Did you know that? But God moved, and eventually in 1920 or whatever, I don't know the date, sorry, Auntie Lydia, my father, no you have the right years, but eventually, this became a, a house of God. Incredible, with young people who got saved there and people coming out of Guam because they started speaking in tongues. Absolutely amazing. So it affected us as well. Uh, absolutely incredible. So Evan Roberts retired from public speaking, and then he came back to Cardiff to live, and he died at the age of 72 in 1951. And then it's reported in the paper, and there's they put a little memorial to him as well outside the church in Moriah in Lacca, which you can go and see if you want to see it. It's there. But what's amazing about this guy and the young people who were all involved in it, they were nobodies. They weren't, uh, you know, big Bible preachers. They were uh, the most clever people, they were ordinary people that just said, yes, I love Jesus. And they, they opened their hearts to his calling. I thought, wow. 150,000 people saved in six months. The effect on society. You know, God's word is true, isn't it? If 
my people who called by my name will humble themselves. What did he say? Bend me, Lord. Seek my face. Lord, I love you. I want to serve you. Uh, you know, get into his word every day, seeking his face. Turn from the wicked ways, saying, sorry, Lord, for the stupid things I've done. You know, God can start to use us. And then when we do that, and we, you know, say each of us had a little torch tonight, and we all started to put our torches on, the whole room would be aglow after a while, wouldn't it? Because, you know, God says then, right, when you're on fire for me, I'm sovereign, now I'm going to move. And he came and turned our land upside down. My prayer tonight is looking back, that should encourage us. God can do it again, can he? You know, if he can't, I'm going home now. <laughs> What's the point of being here, isn't it? But God wants to call us tonight. He wants to set the flame in our hearts tonight. But the choice is ours. Is that word if? Do you want to serve God with all your heart or do you want to just carry on living life maybe as we have been living? I'm talking to myself now. But I want to serve God 100%. I want to see the people I love my neighbours, my friends, my work colleagues come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know when we open our hearts to the Lord and say, brilliant, I'll use you. I'll fill you with my Holy Spirit. I'll fill you with my flame. And you know, that revival will happen again. And you know that word ties into what we believe in our church, isn't it? The latter days will be greater than the former days. Now that was a brilliant start. <laughs> Wasn't it an absolutely brilliant start 100 years ago? But I believe this place won't be big enough to hold us. There'll be people queuing outside to get in because they want to come, not to come to meetings, they want to come to see and experience the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit and God the Father, and what he can make a change in our society, in our lives. And you know, I really believe that we're going to see a massive outpouring. God will pour out the Spirit on our land. But it comes back to me and Ill. If, so I'll leave that with you today. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.